podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi guys, Cody Davis here, 10-0 undefeated professional boxer from Wales. Just finished my podcast with Ace Podcast Nation. Subscribe at youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation for the best content on all the Welsh boxing shows, all Welsh sport and Welsh boxing and sport in general. All the best. Hey guys, I'm Si and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 49. We are talking uh, last night's UFC, a bit of MMA news, just myself and Danny this evening. But uh, you can check out all the various incredible shows and series, expert analysts, exclusive interviews and more uh, in video format at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation or you can get the audio versions at all the usual podcast and radio platforms. But with no further ado, you can uh, meet my co-host, my friend, ex-Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend, Mr. Danny Batten. Welcome, my friend. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good, Si, and hello, everyone else. Another another treat. Uh, I really enjoyed this uh, week's UFC. I've been enjoying them all pretty much, but... Uh, yeah, it, it pulled up some surprises because I know they had some difficulties with some late pullouts, but they still pulled off a pretty good event. Yeah, they lost three fights this week, two of them yeah. in the last sort of 24 hours. But yeah, it was ultimately it was a good card. Um, so some negative news to start off with. We've got, uh, first of all, Mark Coleman, uh, the first ever UFC heavyweight champion, uh, was hospitalised with a heart attack this week. So obviously uh, we'd like to wish him well. Um, I don't think we'd got to that when we were doing those retro reviews. Um, and we hadn't got mm. to the first heavyweight uh, yeah, champion. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think we had, no. Yeah, so I think he's... Um, he beat Dan Severin, though, at UFC 12, I forget, off the top of my head, mm. which... Um, what number we got to, but we were getting there. I think it, that might have even been the next one, actually. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously forever etched in history as the first uh, heavyweight champion. So we wish him all the best. Um, 2020 has been a, a shocking year for just deaths, bad news and everything mm. of our kind of like celebrities, heroes, iconic figures. Um, another couple of other, unfortunately, bits of bad news. Jack Shaw's fight, Jack Shaw's fight is off. So he's not going to be fighting uh, in 2020 again now, but I'm sure he uh, he said himself he's got big plans for 2021. But uh, as a as a Welshman and a, and a proud, you know, uh, a big fan of the UK fighters, disappointing end to the year of what's been a sensational year for him, mate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely gutted. Uh, but then saying that, look, he's such a young man, is still really making huge improvements in his game, and um, you know, the, the longer he's in training affecting his skills each time he fights he's just going to show a, a new jack each time so yeah i'm sure he'll turn this to his advantage 
Indeed, and we I'm pretty sure we saw another Welsh prospect uh, born yesterday in the UFC, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, she was impressive. Um, and then the final bit of terrible news, um, Oban Elliott uh, announced on his various social media platforms that uh, he won't be fighting at the upcoming Cage Warriors fight and he won't be fighting anytime soon uh, during some uh, tests. On October the 16th, the doctors found some abnormalities with his heart. Uh, he's, it's a very complex situation at the moment, so he's got to undergo, undergo some tests uh, to investigate over the next couple of months. And uh, that's, that'll be before any decision on fighting is made again. And ultimately, you know, we all love MMA and the fight fight game, but there's uh, there's bigger things and, and more important things. And I just, you know, just wish him well and hope that everything works all right with him. Yeah, so we can do is really wish, wish him the best. Um, you know, just hope these results show up something that's not not so serious as we perhaps all might be fearing for him. Um, you know, these young man, they can do wonderful things these days. So it's just hope that they discover what it is. It, it's a reasonably easy fix and getting back back into doing what we know he loves to do and does, does best. So, yeah, talks are with him. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, so there was some, some Bellator fights uh, earlier this week, uh, but I purposely didn't uh, ask him, ask you to uh, watch them simply because um, I'm a bit irritated by what Bellator uh, are doing a bit. And it's only my personal opinion. So, I, you know, I could personally be wrong. Um, like, I've got no desire... To, to watch the Pitbull Brothers main event, these shows, and I don't mean any disrespect to them, but like I want to see Bellator building some some new stars. Um, I did watch the Aaron Pico fight. I thought he was very impressive. That's not a massive surprise. He's a you know he's an impressive athletic man. Mm. Um, I'm just a little bit frustrated with what Bellator, Bellator are doing at the moment. However, I will kind of caveat that with saying their recent signings such as Brett Johns and Khabib's brother and um, mm. uh, Mashmov, which um, you know there's a few they've signed recently that maybe and we did touch on this a little bit last week um, you know they've re-signed Lewis Long they've, they, they do seem to be looking to maybe focus on younger fighters and that's ultimately what I want to see because when you look at the the young stars which the UFC has brought in and built this year that's one of the good things that has come out of 2020. And we saw another few yesterday, you know, Chaos Williams yeah. and Corey McKenna, to name a couple. They've uh, done a trip. Sean Strickland won for the second time in a couple of weeks. They've right. built some incredible stars this year. When towards the back end of 2019, you started to look at it and you were thinking, well, McGregor's lost a few times. He's also seems as if he's on his way out. Khabib's mm. going to retire at some point. A lot of their... Their draws, your Daniel Cormier's, people like this, John Jones, were all at the latter half of their career, if not with one foot out the door. And then suddenly 2020, they've really upped their game, really brought in these stars. You've got Chemayev, you've got, you know, Modestus has had a couple of fights. You've had Jack Shaw, you've had um, <clears throat> the two, uh, Corey McKenna and uh, numerous other guys over the last couple of weeks. 
ultimately that's what you've got to do is build new stars and make people care about them. And I think the UFC have given me probably 10 fighters that I genuinely have an interest of following mm. now and really keeping an eye on closely. And then you've got people like Mason Jones going to be coming in very shortly. Um, and, you know, a lot of the people which I mentioned there, the British guys, there's a lot of guys from other countries who I'm also interested in, but I've just obviously, uh, as a Welshman, a British man, I tend to focus more on them. Do you think Bellator could do a better job, mate? Uh, yeah. Around I've got the to, young talent? I've got to say, for the last numerous years, they've allowed... UFC to really eclipse their, their efforts, really. Um, you know, always before Bellator was always that alternative other watch. But mm. I, I feel like sometimes, you know, for the real serious watcher, uh, I don't think they watch it that closely. I think maybe they check up on the results, but I don't know whether they have any really serious viewers. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, obviously, they've got a, they have still names, a lot however. of people. Yeah, I still have a lot of people watching it, but I feel like they must have dropped off, um, you know, for challenging UFC for, um, you know, a, a lot of their, their viewing. I, yeah, I'm just not liking their approach. I haven't done for mm. a good few years. It's it's going well, down. We discussed that. Circus, funny route. That, that's like circus like approach yeah. to booking fights and almost like they're going for that freak show appeal, like the, the celebrities or the wrestlers or the. The guys who used to be big, like the Rampage Jacksons and people like mm. this. Um, but, like I said, the signings of Khabib's brother and Brett Johns in particular really caught my eye because mm. we discussed Brett Johns was on, he's on a streak in UFC. He's only lost to the very, very top guys. Maybe the UFC undervalued him and Bellator didn't. So you've got to yeah. give him tremendous credit for that. But like I looked at that card on Thursday, and outside of the Aaron Pico, Pico fight, I had little to no interest in it. And I feel bad for some of the guys and girls on there because I don't think I'm the only person who feels like that. Mm. Um, I also don't think that it helps that it's on like a Thursday or like just like a random day in the week. It makes it a bit more difficult for people to, you know, to to watch. Basically, um, I did want to discuss something else with you uh, very briefly. Uh, and actually, I think I'm going to show it to you because um, I don't know if you've seen it. Did you see the th bare knuckle boxing three second knockout last night? Wow, three seconds. No, no, I did yeah, not see so that. Have a, have a little look at this. Sorry to the audio. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I noticed that earlier um, it was bare knuckle boxing last night. And it was like a, it was on the MMA junkie. So I'll bring it up on there now. But it was just unbelievable, mate. Just three seconds. Just boom. Mm. Uh, and I think even in well, in any combat sport, three seconds is so quick. Like when you think like that, that famous Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo um, yeah. knockout, like that's so quick. But they still circle each other a little bit. And mm. do, you see what I mean? do you know what I mean? There's always yeah, like a yeah, little yeah. bit of touch gloves or something. Like three seconds yeah. feels like there's not even time to, to touch gloves. I'm surmising they just like walked towards each other and through from the get go. Yeah, it's barley, mate. Um, I got oh, it now. Right, we go. They did touch. They did touch gloves. Okay, here we go. I don't know if you can see that properly. Oh, he ran it. Ran right at him. That's incredible, isn't it? So they yeah. touch gloves. Bang. 
gone. Mm-hmm. Really good. It's uh, impressive as hell. But uh, yeah, that, I thought that was quite interesting. Um, and I know we obviously we've covered some boxing uh, in the past on this show. We like to, you know, it's a fight show. Um, uh, Kel Brook fought Terence Crawford last night. Um, no one gave Kel Brook too much of a chance. Terence Crawford, great fighter. Kel Brook, I thought, uh, I saw it, I've seen the highlights of it. He he started off well, sat behind his jab, but ultimately Terence Crawford brought it home and stopped him, or the referee stopped it. But he, Terence Crawford is a special fighter. Um, I felt like it was a little bit of a mismatch, but you know, I obviously, as a, as again, as a Brit, I wanted Kel Brook to win, um, but it was finished after four rounds. Kel Brook started really well, like I said, sat behind his jab, and Thames Crawford just took him apart after that. And the referee, um, I thought, I, so the referee stopped it, but just before he stopped it, uh, he gave a knockdown where uh, Kel Brook, I think it was a right hook, got hit, but because the ropes in boxing are so high, he kind of fell right. against the ropes. So the ref gave it as a knockdown. He probably would have gone down then. And then I do wonder whether he'd have got back up from it because it was a big, mm-hmm. big shot. But he did, and he, he stayed in it for a little bit longer, but the referee did stop it after that. So um, big congratulations to uh, Terence Crawford. And, um, you know, as the, the the really big fights come in boxing, we will um, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll cover those in Sure. In the, in the show, of course, like um, the Joshuas of the world and the Furies of the yeah. world, or if there's some friends of the show, we'll uh, we'll get them on as, uh, as well. But in the meantime, let's switch our attention to uh, the UFC of last night. Nothing uh, on the pre-show of notes, mate. Anything catch your eye off that? Um, Tony Gravely beat Geraldo de Freitas by split decision. Oh, the Reese McKee fight, of course, that was on. Pre-show. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll watch that. Yeah. Um, to talk me through it, mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Moreno, I mean, he's really tenacious. I mean, everything he throws, he throws hard as he can. He kind of reminds me of Dan Henderson a little bit with the way that he throws his looping punches. He throws it with true abandonment. You know, it, it's not, not too fussed if someone wants to, um, you know, back out of the striking and try and take him down. He's got great takedown defence. Um, he's a really good wrestler as well. Um, he made a good account of himself. He just lacked a little bit of establishment. And when I say establishment, he's got that height and he had a considerable reach advantage. He really should have stuck behind a jab for a little bit and um, tried to have something to build off of with that and yeah. try and make his physicality, um, you know, his unusual body composition in comparison to Morano. Um, but, you know, he didn't. He, I think he just had so much to prove. He was really trying to tuck in. Now, the, the big mistake that Rick McKee seemed to repeatedly make was every time he threw his right hand, he would have his um, head move out of body line. So he, you know, his head moved so far over to his left as he threw his right hand. Mm. Um, he, he left his head in there to, to be tagged up. I don't know, but what a chin and, and what a tenacious fire Rick McKee proved to be. I mean, he's a real young lad. And not afraid to mix it up and, and trade toe to toe, but I just feel like he was just trying too hard to make an impression after what happened to him um, in his debut, you know, outing. But yeah. you know, he'll he'll learn from it. Um, I did think he, that he could have could have beat this guy. I really do. I think he's got the style 
to to win, but I just think he got carried away with tactics wrong, maybe. Yeah, yeah, he, he just went about it the wrong way. He kind of went toe to toe with someone that can really bang and also showed really good cardio. I mean, they both really went at it, both true, true athletes in every sense of the word, and it was really good viewing. Um, but I was just like, you know, shaking my head all the time, like and tutting under my breath, mm-hmm. uh, with little frustration. Riz McKee just wasn't making his physical tributes, which is that height and reach count against a fighter where it really could have been the difference between winning and losing. And yeah, he true he chose to trade and yeah, he, he come off worse with it. Um yeah, a bit of a shame, but you know, let's not write Reese McKee off. He's he's gonna no. be learning on the job at this new new level. He you know he definitely belongs there. Um yeah, we just gotta look ahead at the next opponent that he, that he's got and hope that he strategizes and gets tactics a little bit more sound. Um, which I think he will adjust and do. Yeah, I thought um, he showed enough that, you know, he, he wasn't, like, out of his depth or outclassed or... Mm. Like, he, I just thought he was, you know, he was soundly maybe beaten, but more because of... I, I felt the same as you in that I felt if he had sat behind his jab and, and used his distance, maybe tried to set up. Um, yeah. Like a head kick or something like that. Just... I didn't feel that he used his... his his reach advantage and his height advantage mm-hmm. as best he could. But I thought Alex Morano did a good job on him. But oh, yeah. He played, played into his hands a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Morano was impressive. He, he really was, I've got to say. Um, yeah, like I so. say. You... Sorry, mate, go I was going to ask you a quick question. From Alex Morano's point of view, do you think if this fight had been done from distance at all times, he'd have been a lot more uncomfortable with it. Yeah, because, you know, those, those winging shots were, were landing um, would, would have whizzed past a lot more. So, you know, the scorecard would have started looking a lot different. I just think Reese McKee should have been sticking behind his jab, getting himself ahead on the, card, the scorecard at the beginning of each round. So Morano had to, um, you know, swing and, and constantly clinch up. It becomes more predictable what he's got to do. So you yeah. can kind of fight plan a little bit easier round, round on round. Um, it's because you should have had that jab going, then get the jab cross going. Um, every now and then go, you know, flurry in the pocket, but and then use that side to side footwork. Uh, you know, he's got good footwork. He's got really good form. He just went about the fight the wrong way against the wrong type of guy. Well, um you know, in the, in the first round, in the middle part of the first round, he started to sit behind his jab um, and fight from a distance. And then all of a sudden he went in, he, he like darted in a bit closer, almost as if he was looking to try and finish it when it probably wasn't quite there. But that mm. the middle minute, two minutes of the first round, when it was done from a distance, Reese actually looked quite comfortable, just sat behind his jab. Um, Morano was kind of doing these kind of, Teak gets from through the middle, yeah. but he, out of the two, Reese looked more comfortable. But then, yeah. as the fight has gone on, it's become a bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the, the one part where I thought, oh, you know, Reese had a real opportunity to take over the fight and he even looked like it could have led to something that could have been as much as a stoppage was when he body shotted him. I can't remember, was it late? Was it in the mid second round or? Or third round, I can't quite remember now which which round it was in, but um yeah he body shotted Morano and Morano looked really troubled by it. But then the gum shield come out and fell down the side of the cage. Yeah, and, just gave you know, him a little bit of time to recover. Yeah, it just went happened at a wrong time because he kind of like got the wind out of Morano and 
was really on the attack where Morano was looking a little bit more laboured with those wild shots of his. Um, yeah, but uh, unusual situation where the gumption went down the side of the occasion. Mm -hmm. They both had a chance to recover. So, yeah, that was, that was in the third round, um, I think, that that had happened. But, you know, let's just look past that. It's another big experience for Rhys McKee in the bank. Um, it wasn't a bad performance by any stretch, but I'm sure when he looks back, he'll be like, ah, oh, why didn't I just do this a little bit more, a little bit of that, a little yeah. bit more? And um, big learning curve for him. Yeah, and of course, look, as two British guys, we're focusing on Reese and Reese's performance and mm. things he's done well, things he's not done well. It's just a, our opinion. Obviously, I think uh, Morano is a very, very good fighter. And um, I thought he really showed that as well. Um, both tough guys, both physically so much stamina and uh, proper athletes. Um, but I think Reese McKee showed enough in this fight because obviously in the Chimaev fight, he had no chance of showing anything because it was over so quickly uh, and he had no offense. I thought in this fight, he showed enough that, you know, he wasn't overrun, overawed. He wasn't um, out of his depth or anything like that. You know, he no. was all. Uh, he was just just beaten by the better man on the night, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. Mono's um, an experienced guy. I'm, I'm sure he was loving it that Reese was going toe to toe with him. That's just yes. exactly where he, he flourishes. Flourishes, and you know he was nailing the takedowns as well, uh, which just showed that little bit of more diversity. You know, with his approach, he had a little bit more going for him. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because he's he's been in UFC a while, hasn't he? Um, uh, Murano, yeah, I think he's been in yeah. a bit. Now, but um, in the meantime, was there anything else on the pre? Uh, what was the other ones? I think I watched. I think I watched them all. Um, I watched. Uh, which one was were on the prelims? I watched that uh, Ronda Marcos versus that Murata, that wrestler. That, that yeah. was um, an interesting uh, match. That that Murata looks really, really good. Um, lovely. Leg, leg on leg trips. She would shoot in um, predominantly with a wrestling approach, uh, looking for the body clinches, but then use those that judo style with the leg trips, outside leg trips, inside leg trips. Really was was impressive. I liked what Marcus was doing. She was doing the right idea. She was obviously trying to avoid being clinched up and taken down, um, and was showing some game off her back as well. But yeah, the, the rounds unfortunately were just. Just each one was slipping away from her just because of these really, really clever takedowns. So, going to be su super interesting to see how that Morata does in her future battles because mm. she looks a difficult customer. She's got enough about her with her striking, but it's just trying to fend off those those takedowns. They they come in combination, and she's really clean with them as well. She, it's not like she um, any times that she wasn't able to get Marcus down. It wasn't like she used loads of energy. And then fouled and legs looked a little debilitated afterwards. The takedown attempts were so efficient that, um, yeah, she just didn't tire. She just kept going at it. And inevitably, Marcus was put to the canvas each time. Really, really impressed me. I think there's a real future with this lady. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, uh, Morano's been in the UFC since 2016. Um, yes. He was coming off a loss to where uh, he lost to Chaos Williams. Uh, who we obviously saw later in the night at uh, mm. UFC 247. Uh, before that, he beat Max Griffin. So um, he thought he lost to Nico Price, but then it was overturned. So, like, you know, anyone who gets a win over Max Griffin, 
is. Yeah, they're good. Got something about them, haven't they? Absolutely. Um, obviously, Chaos Williams is on a on a tear, as we'll discuss in a minute. In a minute, but um, yeah, impressive though. And uh, I thought I enjoyed all the prelim fights. They were um, they all went to decision, which is unusual. Mm. Um, no finishes, but um, yeah, who else was on the preliminaries? Because I, I think I watched. Uh, so we had Murato versus Marcos. Uh, Tony Gravely versus Geraldo de Freitas. Oh yeah, that was the other one. I mean, that Gravely's wrestling. I mean, that was that was just beautiful. Really um, fast, super low doubles, um, and great combinations to go to the back. I mean, that uh, Freitas is that how you say his name? De Freitas. His striking looks proper dangerous, proper Mm. dangerous. And Tony Gravely had to really be on song uh, to nail those repeated takedowns attempts but when forced to tony gravely was you know he's trading in the pocket doing well for himself in the striking too but always his intention was to shoot and um get freitas down and he did and uh, yeah that gravely really impressed me he fought only a little while ago as well didn't he i think he's gravely yeah he's um yeah some of these fighters are, are getting in there quite Quite quick, especially you know what with Sean Strickland as well. He only fought a few weeks back. Well, yeah, that's his second win in fourteen days. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Gravely, I'm sure he fought recently, didn't he? There's been so many fights we covered now. It's, it's difficult isn't it? to keep track, keep track of who's um, who's fighting who. Right, he hasn't got a Wikipedia page, which is so uh, luck. Yeah, but um, that Tony Gravely, he had to fend off some really good submission attempts off that Freitas. Freitas is sort of like had the. Um, oh, he, he, he fought um, Brett Johns in. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. He fought Brett Johns in the uh, January, so it's quite a yeah. way, way away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, if you um, remember, we said in that his his wrestling was superb against Brett. Yeah, Brett was very good that night after a long break. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, Gerald Geraldo to Fred to Freitas striking. Yeah, he's good. Pitch. He did, and, and his ground's good as well, as we know. And and Tony Gravely had to deal with some difficult situations, really, because you know, he's fighting someone predominantly better striker and predominantly a better grappler. Mm-hmm. So, really, Tony Gravely had to really use his wrestling and, and kind of just spoil the jiu-jitsu and take what strikes he could at the right times. But it was always a dangerous affair. To me, it just looked like Tony Gravely was always on edge where he could have lost at any moment. I just had to keep himself together and he did keep himself together and he had confidence in that wrestling and, you know, never looked like he was going to buckle or fade, um, which has really impressed me. But they both impressed me, to be honest. And I'm sure we would be seeing more of these two in the coming years. Indeed. Uh, so the first fight of the main card was uh, Corey McKenna, Welsh Lady uh, versus Kay Hansen, two hot prospects um, in the UFC. Um, what did you make of this fight? I was thought it was a, a good little fight. Yeah, it was a good little fight. Um, really close. Um, it was really hard to know who was winning um, that first round. It really, really close. Uh, they both had their times putting each other up against the fence. Um, and, and both of them were really super impressive in that um, open pocket, you know, mm. where there was training shots. Very rarely did one ever throw strikes with one backing off and then the other throwing yeah. strikes backing off, which happens so often with men because they're, they're, obviously the men can pack so much more power. They, they, they don't trade in a pocket as um, as often as these girls do. But their open pocket work was really, really impressive. You know, they never really went to a clinch up to look to strike there other than up against the fence. Um, that 
that stuff away from the fence was all pocket work and and really really impressive. They're just both willing to trade. Um, yeah, but McKenna's hands were really really quick. Um, yeah, she had some nice combinations, particularly early on in that first round. Some really quick hands. Um, yeah, and it looked like in the early part of the first round, Hanson was loading up a little bit with her strikes, maybe trying to look for that sort of quick finish to sort of settle, you know, really make an impression in this sort of fight between two prospects, whereas mm-hmm. McKenna looked a bit more settled. She had some couple of nice, two, you know, two or three punch combinations really quickly, and then she had her up against the cage in the clinch. But as the fight went on, like you say, they both very often just were happy to sit in that pocket and trade. Yeah. No, yeah. no backing away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I slightly gave it the edge to McKenna with the, the striking overall, which I think is why Hanson was choosing to clinch up and try and get mm. to the ground. Now, McKenna's just got to improve her takedown defence a little bit more and, and yeah. maybe her scramble-ups a little bit more. Um, but the, the lucky thing was she had an opportunity to create reversals on Hanson and also Hanson fell off of uh, McKenna's back, uh, which put, put her on her back. And, and it just seemed to me like McKenna just was had that extra intent when she had that top position um more so than and um, hansen did and i think that's what edged it for the judges really yeah um, she so. just looked like she was grafting the whole time no matter where it was she was chipping and working the whole time and i think that's what initially uh, gave it the edge for her yeah she's um she just kept going and going didn't she um calling yep. kind of like there was no um no respite for hansen at any point um and I'm, again, that's probably another reason why she's going in for that clinch all the time because not only is she probably losing the striking battle, but also McKenna's just non-stop. She's not, mm-hmm. there's no break for her. But I thought both, you know, both were pretty impressive, ultimately. Um, you know, I thought Hansen showed enough to say that, you know, she's got something to offer in, in upcoming fights. But... Um, you know, for two two girls making their UFC debut, I think, you know, for Corey McKenna as well, you know, a um, Welsh girl coming over to the US, she's just looking for that win in that yeah. debut fight, you know, just to bring it home, as it were. Um, yeah, yeah. She, she didn't look put off the, by the fact that, hey, this is UFC. She she was in there and, and she just looked like she was having a heavy sparring session. She yeah. looked really, really good. But like I say, you know, it wasn't a perfect performance. Didn't no. take down defence, needs a little bit of work. Maybe some of the scramble ups need a little bit of work. But yeah, she 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 did good. Bit of sharp um, bit of sharpening up on those. Yeah, she you know, you know, none none of us have a perfect game. We're all striving for that perfection. Um but yeah, she has got a few little areas that can and will need to be better if she wants to move on up. She's a young girl, tenacious and clearly intelligent because she strategized really well in this fight overall. And I'm sure we're going to see more things and better things from her. Indeed. Uh, next up, Sean Strickland with Brendan Allen. Um, Sean Strickland, like we mentioned, back in the cage in the second time in 14 days. Yeah. No, can't fault his, uh, his grind, I'll tell you that much. No, no, he, he had to work hard in this one. Um, we know Brendan Allen co- just comes at it, doesn't he? He just comes yeah. forward. His striking actually looked really good, um, Brendan Allen, um, but he was just getting tagged up. And I think it's partly because um, Strickland was you know, punching a little, one, little bit more unusual than 
a normal pedigree striker. So most of the time when people are striking, they're moving their head off centre line so they get more of their body mass behind the shots. But he was just digging in from the shoulders. Now that did consequentially leave his head smack bang on centre line. And uh, Brandon Allen was getting some success uh, rocking Strickland's head back. But Strickland's he just kept on driving and working forward. I think because he was punching just with the shoulders, just digging his shoulders into the arm shots, um, it, it was efficient way of striking for him. And he's able to keep plowing them in. Um, now, Brandon Allen, uh, he hurt uh, Strickland's leg. And mm. if he wanted to turn things around, he should have targeted that a little bit more than he did. Um, I think sometimes he was getting drawn into this hands battle a little bit too much. Um, I think because maybe he was getting tagged up, he wanted to tag Strickland up in return. You know, it's just like sometimes when you get a leg kick, someone wants to leg kick you back. Um, I feel like yeah, he got caught into it. Yeah, he fell into a trap of trying to fight out the hands too much. I think if he landed a few more consequential leg kicks, Strickland couldn't have come forward as much as he did with those hands that led to the finish. Um, so both initially were, were pretty impressive, but come on, Strickland's second fight in couple of weeks that's super impressive this guy's moving on up and moving on up fast yeah i'm a massive fan of um of sean strickland obviously he beat jack marshman last time out and um, before that he beat talib so he's on a three fight win streak he beat court mcgee and tom brees pre previous to that but then he lost to uh, uh usman and zaliski dos santos in between mm. that um and let's not forget, in 2018 he was hit by a car while he was riding a uh, motorcycle and that's ended right up with uh, he was unconscious with really serious injuries. Really, he needed knee surgery and all this. So to come back and fight at like a, such a high level and to show the stamina and and um, physical physical stamina, for lack of a better word, as well. Like not mm. just his fitness, but like his the the damage and the shots that he's capable of taking and keep going. He's just nonstop. And um, I thought he was pretty impressive against um, Jack. Um, it went to a unanimous decision, but I thought he had he was really good. Um, yeah, it, it was like he was, um, you know, going out for a training run or something. It, it, it just, yeah. He just he just paced himself with it. He didn't didn't have to overexert himself, even though it went the distance. I felt like this fight, even though he got the finish, he had to work really hard to get it. Mm. It was, um, but that yeah, the performance of the night as well for this. Yeah, uh, this fight. Uh, absolutely deservingly. Um, yeah, it was a good fight to watch. It, it really was, you know, from from both points of view. Really, uh, that both both did some good things. But there was one victor, and, uh, indeed. Yeah, uh, yeah so Sean, Sean Strickland picked up the victory via TKO strikes. Um, the referee stopped it as uh, Strickland pounced on it and already rocked Allen with strikes against the cage. And that was all she wrote. Um, yeah. Next up was uh, Ashley Yoda versus Miranda Granger, uh, with Yoda picking up the victory via unanimous decision. I haven't seen this one. Um, this is okay. the one I haven't seen on the main card, so I'll let leave this one to you. What did you make of it? Yeah, this what this one I actually enjoyed. There was um, quite a bit of ground uh, work going on. Um, so you know, you had Yoda, who's more wrestling based. And um, Granger was, you know, clearly wanting it with the striking. Now, Yoda did look really vulnerable in the striking. Um, you know, when she was getting hit, she looked like she could she could get put out. You know, if it was going to land Pete, she looked a little, a little stagnant with her head, not really having a solid form. She clearly just needed and wanted that clinch, but she got there. And um, she did 
some takedowns which were not the best for the ground exchanges. So she was using a head and arm takedown, which was enabling her to consolidate a, a top position very well. And a couple of times she got herself reversed, but she kind of got out of that by going for a knee bar situation. So it's really in some unusual positions on the ground mm. because of the way and the choices that she was doing the takedowns. But Yoda, she, she did this numerous times where she got it to the ground, created some of these unusual um, positions, but she was getting it where she was most effective. And, um, and Granger just was unable to stay on the feet long enough. Um, although she had her moments on the ground as well, but um, in that third round, which was going to be a real decisive factor on who was going to win, because you could argue it was going to be 1-1 one, one, one going into that third round, um, Yoda managed to get a top position working from half guard and side control and mount. Um, and Granger just looked like she was getting too tired to get out of the positions. So, you know, well done to Yoda. She's definitely got things to improve on um, if she's going to make an impact in the weight division. You know, that, that strike has definitely got to be addressed and working on her form and confidence. It didn't look like she was that confident. Um, it looked like she was going in there with really one tool set and that was that was to wrestle, get it to the ground and and try and find a ways to win on there. Went to the decision, but because it went to the ground um, as often as it did, you ought to come out with the victory and you know, well done to her, but definitely things to work on. Yeah, 100%. And right at the end, the... Uh... Saved by the bell a little bit in that last, uh, yeah, last round. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's getting really, really sticky for Granger. Yeah, um, I don't. I just, I got the sense as well. Granger, you can almost see in a persona that she felt like, hey, I should beat this girl, um, yeah. but she just, it just didn't play out um, well for her. She, she should have definitely been avoiding that clinch a little bit better than she did. So if there's anything to take from it from her. There's a little bit of distance awareness in terms of not distance for being struck, but distance mm. for being clinched up. She just allowed that clinch too often, too frequent, and it, it put her on the on the ground. And eventually, that physicality advantage that I felt that she had over Yoda um, began to wane. You know, she began to come get physically tired. It wasn't um, a comfort zone, whereas it was Yoda's comfort zone. So she got to pace herself as the match went on, and to her advantage as well. Indeed, indeed, mm. indeed, indeed. But you know. Two uh, two good fighters. Be interested yeah. to see where they uh, where they go next, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up was uh, Chaos Williams defeating Abdul Razak Al Hassan via KO uh, in thirty seconds. Um, yeah, much to this. Yeah. But Chaos Williams. We talked about um, how impressive he has looked last week when we did our predictions, and uh, he was no less. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. We saw that we saw that Al Hansen fight. Um, I think he, I think he was an underdog in the other fight that he had, but he won in recent months, didn't he? Mm. Um, so I got drafted in, and he looked really good. He had solid leg kicks on him, and I thought this was going to be a real good tear up. But Klaus Williams, he just he has a face expression like he's there to kill, and um, and yeah, he he landed and knocked him out. I mean, you see the legs lock out of Al Hansen. Um, as he tumbled back, his his legs went rigid, so yeah, there was no no recovery from that shot. Uh, yeah, what can what else can we say about this fight? Really, I mean, they traded off a few leg kicks uh, to each other, um, which is becoming a common thing to feel each other out before trading the hands. But as soon as the hands come into the equation, um, Al Hansen was put firmly on his butt, um, and it was game over for him. 
Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Chaos Williams next because obviously he's had a very uh, impressive couple of victories. Yeah. He's, uh, he's looked very, very good. Mm. And he's 11 and 1. That's getting, that's getting an impressive highlight, uh, highlight reel as well, which always, always helps, doesn't it? Yeah, there was an, um, an, another one. Was this on the main card? That yeah, Myers uh, was that Myers on the and uh, Martinez was that on the main card? No, I think that was later down. I think that was on the pre-show, maybe. Ah, uh, because uh, that's, uh, that's one that I watched and actually really enjoyed, which I think should, you know, should be spoke about. Don't know whether you saw it. Uh, so is that Dante May- Myers versus Roque Martinez? Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on and t- tell us your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, Myers really really impressed me they're, they're really different body compositions martinez we've seen you've seen fight before he's got really good boxing you know it doesn't look athletic at all but this guy comes with cardio and he's really fearless in the pocket but he had a different difficult um opponent this time around uh, mm. being that martinez is five foot ten and he's up against someone in myers at six foot six so they had, you know, huge physical differences. And it was all a case of can Montia, Martinez push close and get his hand combinations off? And, you know, could Mayers, who you know, was pretty much seen as a striker too, keep it at range? And Myers just looked really sharp. He strategized really well. Martinez had his moments, but Martinez got put on his back by uh, Mayers. So, again, this is where I think Mayers really impressed me. Although he was edging it on the feet with his range, he was also taking it to the ground as well to stop any potential return and kind of taking away the rest of that five minute around from him by um, having some of the top position. Because Martinez, you know, just by the look of him physically, is going to always have to look to get up off his back. He's not going to work from his back. And um, and so I think this was an absolute solid strategy for the fight for Myers. Um, but as those rounds went on, you ended up seeing Martinez actually try and take Myers down and, um, yeah. and, and sort of briefly, you know, kind of get him towards the, gr- the ground. But, um, yeah, Myers ma- managed to fault that off. Uh, but, yeah, I just wanted to really just say Myers is definitely going to be one to w- watch out for. Definitely yeah, fights with – yeah, he's definitely got some IQ about him, this lad. Um, really, really sharp striking. He p- can play long. He can play close. And he's got some take takedown capabilities too. Uh, I'd be really excited. I think this is someone that's going to be in the mix in the next sort of two to three fights. He's definitely going to be up there in the mix. Okay, I will definitely uh, keep a close eye on him then, mate. Um, The next up was the main event of the evening. And that was uh, Paul Felder, who stepped in uh, late. Uh, This was for a welterweight. uh, And he faced Rafael Dos Anjos um, in a a three-round, five-round, sorry, war. Um, Yeah. The final score was... Split decision, although that, I think that is ridiculous, but we'll get to that. Uh, 48 47, 45 50, 45 50 in uh, Dasanya. Yeah, but I think I, he was should have been the unanimous victor. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know where that split decision come from. I, I mean, I just don't know what fight they were saying. It's yeah, but absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, we this mustn't take from the fact that. Felder put up an incredible performance. His striking looked fast and as sharp as I've ever seen it. But yeah. Santos come with a really, really solid game plan. Uh, well, say whether it was a game plan or not, it was a good strategy that he used. You know, they were trading the striking and, and both of them get their successes. And it, it looked really, really edgy. Great viewing 
uh, both again playing pocket, playing distance game very, very well, very, very solidly. But uh, Tazandos was choosing to take it to the ground and he just did such a good job of choosing when to take it to the ground and when to clinch up and sort of smother Felder's return. He sort of just edged each round because of it. And um, that really, really impressed me because one of the faults that I noticed with Dosandos Jose is that he could get pushed up against the fence so often and have his game kind of spoiled in the way that he actually did this to Felder. Um, uh, but yeah, like I say, really, it kind of sums up each and every round, really. They're both striking so crisply. Um, Felder ended up getting a nasty gash on his head, didn't he? Um, but, you know, you see him acknowledge the fact and I think you heard him say oh damn or something along those lines he he knew he'd got cut but it didn't hamper um, the rest of the match but um, the centre showed you know true all-round capabilities his striking is still amazing um, his IQ was all there in terms of how he went about getting the win over Felder um, and he just showed few, true true MMA completion great takedowns great grappling um, great striking Great strategy, great everything. Um, this was some of the best I think I've seen uh, to Sancho's. So, yeah, great, brilliant work. I just want to see now sure. uh, to Sancho's display really, really good game plan, if, if that's what it was, uh, if it is all planned to go this way, or, or in-fight IQ, if he just sensed that this is the way he should go about it while he was in there. But he showed great attacking combinations, blending his striking, his wrestling, and his grappling. Um, to make it a complete attacking plan. But what I do want to know is, and what I do want to see is, has he made adjustments to the times that he's had fights taken off him because he has his back put up against the fence? Sometimes he goes back in a straight line and gets kind of wrestle screwed against the fence and, and put yeah. down. Although he's great at scrambling back up, he wastes so much time there um, having to defend that um, you know he's, uh, he's lost fights that I felt like he just shouldn't have uh, lost. You know, it just... I don't know, bad training ethic. I, I don't know whether he's just like sparring and and just not having people pushing back and, and get in there and it's just not not been brought to light. But it happened to him yeah. numerous times. And I definitely want to see, you know, as he made those adjustments. So, you know, he's not young anymore. He's, he's had a fair old amount of hours in the old cage now. Um, clearly a dedicated athlete because I don't think gassing has ever been an issue. But no. nevertheless, he's, you know, cracking on with his mileage on the clock now. Um, and I want to see whether he can get up to to getting that title again. With the look of that, you get the kind of hint that he could actually get back up into real title contention if he's going to stay down at this weight because he had a stint up at welterweight, didn't he? Um, but I think lightweight's where it's at. He only stands five foot eight. He's not the tallest of guys, um, even at lightweight. But welterweight, I think he'd be giving away, you know, too much to take away from the advantage of his cardio. So yeah, let's hope he stays down at that lightweight. Um, and there's hope that he's made those adjustments because you could well see him retain and, and regain, sorry, that uh, that title that he once had. Yeah, yeah, I think you know he's, he's certainly certainly got the the skill set for it and the ability. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's been like almost like a psych psych psychological thing with yeah. him, where yeah. it, maybe his head's not in the game or he just. Uh, overthinks things almost and kind of second guesses himself a little bit. But yeah, there's no doubt in that he has got the, the all round ability and technique and skills to go and get a title shot. Um, he also sure. said after the fight that he's fed up of 
for lightweight fighters picking and choosing their fights rather mm. than just taking the fights um, that are on offer, basically. Right. Which I found quite interesting. His comments, I think, were probably aimed at some of the guys right at the top who were trying to get yeah, jokes rather than I, just taking the contenders. Yeah, I just think he's trying to stoke up the bees nest, so to speak, because he wants to make a quick climb up into contention. Because, um, like I say, he's kind of floating around a couple of weight divisions and he's coming back down to that lightweight, which where, where I think he belongs. I think he's the most effective. So, yeah, I think he just wants to to get get grinding straight up into title contention. And with the look at these yeah. performances, he, he definitely can. But, you know, I really he want to talk about... Conor McGregor as well. Yeah, do you know what? I was going to say that would be a great fight to, to watch that. Because um, you will see him strike toe-to-toe with Conor McGregor. But also, you know, he will try and take Conor McGregor down to pinch the rounds if it's left um, left looking close. Yeah, so, too, yeah. yeah, he's a real complete pa- package. But, yeah, that will definitely be a really good fight to watch. Definitely be a good fight to watch. But, yeah, look, I don't... I don't, I don't you say, oh, I know you want to talk about... Yeah, I, I, uh, Felder, yeah. And, you know, when, when I heard that he was going to be retiring, I was kind of, like, gutted because I feel like there's still, there's still something about him that's... He, he definitely belongs at the top there. Yeah. And, you know, when you think that he took this fight on such short notice and seeing his yeah. striking look as, a sh- as sharp as it, as it did, he really impressed me. I just, I just would love to see him fight on a little bit longer. I um, mean, it, it's all about what's in your heart, but I get the hints that he's got the bug again. And, and I really yeah. hope so because I enjoy watching him fight every time. Yeah. Going by his comments after the fight, he seems to very much have caught that bug again. And, um, I thought, look, we've talked about various fighters over the last 49 episodes, particularly this year, like about they may be coming to the end of their careers or they look like they're shot or they don't look the same fighter as they have been. Even Anderson Silva the other week when he retired, probably a few fights too late, if we're being honest. Yeah. He is yeah. obviously a legend. I don't feel that with Paul Felder, like he's ranked number seven. But I feel like he's got a lot to offer. He's a very intelligent guy, which you can tell. I enjoy his commentary as well. Yeah, um, me too. But I thought even even last night, I felt like he probably lost every round. But I he still showed a lot. I maybe round four. I think I gave him. I just look at my notes. Yeah, round four mm. I gave to to Felder. Um, so even though he you know he was pretty. It was a pretty dominant win by Dos Anjos. I still think Felder showed some unbelievable skills, some unbelievable heart, chin, um, everything. And I just think that on another day, he could go and fight someone else and do very, very well. Um, he's got a lot to offer. And I hope he sticks to that, not retiring, as opposed to before the fight, there was talk of him maybe being done. Yeah, um, yeah. Conor McGregor said that he's in for sure, but only after he's fought Justin Poirier. Uh, Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier has apparently signed the contract for Conor McGregor on January twenty third, at UFC two five seven. Um, apparently, yeah, just, they're not uh, Dustin... any issues with McGregor though. Right. Yeah, I, I think Poirier was complaining, wasn't it? Because no contracts were being finalised. I, I saw something. Mm. Um, he was getting a bit frustrated. Uh, but yeah, if it's all signed and done now, I'm sure he's feeling a little bit happy and yeah, you know, more I think settled. He's, he signed it. McGregor hasn't, but they, from what I read, they're not expecting it that to be an issue 
It's just, yeah, yeah. This this could be a little bit of mind, that could be mind games with Connor. I think he knows it's aggravating him, and that's probably Connor playing a little game there. Yeah, why wouldn't you? At the end of the day, like, yeah. give yourself a little uh, little advantage. Just being professional sport, those little advantages are just what mm-hmm. uh, what can be the difference at the end of the day. So uh, let's have a look at UFC next week for our little predictions. Let's see what we got next week, mate. Yeah, I'll try and bring it up on here I as well. I know there's some big fights coming up in December. But uh, what have we got? Yeah, so what's the date of next week, November? Uh, so what are we today? 15th, so 21st or something. 20th, yeah, 21st. Uh, so the main event is uh, flyweight title. Uh, oh, two oh, flyweight right. yeah, Male yeah. and female flyweight titles. So UFC 255 yeah. uh, next week. So that'll be uh, normally some good fights. Let's bring those up. Get your predictions for these. So, um, I'm going to just double-check the prelims first to see if there's any interesting names or fights on there. Mm. Uh, uh, Shevchenko's yep. sister is fighting Liv- Livsipsky on the main uh, on the prelim. But um, let's have a look on the main card. Um, so, we've got, first of all, uh, Mar- Mar- Marcio... Rua versus Paul Craig. Yeah, I'm going to go Rua. Oof. I'm going to go with Paul Craig, actually. Even though okay. um, I like both Shogun versus uh, Paul Craig. I'm going to go with Paul Craig. Okay. Um, go with the, Stick with the, the Scotsman. And uh, I don't even think he's from Scotland. Is he? I know he's British-based, anyway. Um but yeah, I I think uh, Craig's got enough to give Shogun a bit of trouble. Shogun yeah. get over. It's a massive fight though for him. Massive yeah, fight yeah. for Craig. Definitely. You know, if he can um I know like Shogun, you know, he's probably in the latter half of his career. The end of yeah. the day, if you can um pick up a win against Shogun Rua, it's massive. Oh yeah, it, it's a it's a a good name to have, you know, chiseled into your record. Absolutely. Uh, next up, then, we've got Caitlin Shkagian versus Cynthia Calvillo. That's going to be a banger. I'm gonna it is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Calvillo, though, for that one. Yeah. I think Calvillo as well, but I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go with Shkagian for the sake of competing. Um, and then we've got Mike Perry versus Tim Means. That's going to be an interesting um, fight. That is going to be interesting, but I think Tim Means is going to be too well-equipped, too well-rounded for Mike Perry. Mm. I think if Perry's going to win, it's going to be in the first couple of minutes after that. Yeah. I, you know, I'm expecting... Yeah, Tim, Tim, Tim Means is just too experienced, I think, to That's fall true. into that trap. Or at least I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um Next up, then we have Valentina Shevchenko versus Jennifer Meyer for the flyweight yeah. women's title. It's hard Shevchenko. to bet against Shevchenko, to be honest. She's just so dominant right now. However, so Jennifer dominant. Meyer is not an easy fight, but I just no, no, not at all. She so. she definitely deserves to be in there, but I don't know. It's just hard for me to bet against her. 
Um, and the main fight then is uh, Figueredo versus Alex Perez. Uh, uh, great fight. Great fight. But I'm, right, uh, Figueredo's just looking better and better at the minute. He's really looking super sharp. So I'm going to stick with Figueredo. Yeah, I was, um, I was just having a quick look at Shevchenko's um, record to see when her last loss was. And she hasn't... Uh, it's a long time. Long, long yeah. time. She, yeah. beat, uh, she lost to Nunes um, in 2016. Yeah, that's Shevchenko going up a weight though, isn't it? Yeah. So she lost to Nunes twice. Um, she beat Holly Holm comfortably in five rounds. Uh, she's beaten everyone except Nunes when she's gone up away. She beat Joanna John Jacek. She beat yeah. Jessica I. She's beaten some names. So it'd be a, she beat Caitlin Chikagian. So I mean, yeah. if, Kate, if Caitlin Chikagian comes in in the earlier fight and trash, yeah. Yeah, smashes through. Um, uh, with a Cavio, then I think that will bid very well for Valentina later in the fight. Um, yeah, Figueredo versus uh Alex Perez is a really interesting fight. Figueredo's just look since he's had that, oh. shot, just looked unbeatable. Yeah, yeah um, he looks so sharp. Big, big fight for Alex Perez, big fight. Um, for a, a fairly young guy, um, yeah, it's a big opportunity for him. He's ranked four now. You know, if he could be, if he could somehow beat Figueredo, that's massive, massive. Because, yeah, yeah. Like, like we said, Figueredo has just looked dominant since um, mm. he got that title. Um, but then Perez has beat, beat on his way to a title shot, beat Formiga uh, via TKO in the first round, beat Espinosa via submission in the first round, beat De, De La Rosa uh, via a decision. He's beaten Benavidez, uh, beat Perez before that, uh, but he's Perez beat Torres. He's beaten uh, Shelton, so he's beaten some names on the way. Yeah, uh, oh, he, uh, definitely deserves to be there. I just think Figueroa is just right now, just on top of the world right now, and yeah, it could be hard, when, hard when to topple. To their peak, like there, yeah. it's difficult, isn't it? Um, mm. Interesting, Perez went from the Contender Series 2017 to title shot in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight fights mm. from Contender Series to title shot. Shows you that, was... that put together those wins. Yeah. You've got a chance of um, really, you know, doing something. Um, yeah. For Figueredo is just... I'm trying to think, who was the fight we watched the last fight he had? Um, which we were Benavides, he beat by yeah, um, yeah he's, he's beaten yeah. Two, two times in a row. Second time around, he utterly ran through him, yeah. He submitted him in like 12 seconds, didn't he? Yeah, um, but the first fight, he went a couple of rounds, but before that, he beat uh Elliot, and before that, he beat Pantoja, uh, and he beat Formiga. I oh, know Formiga beat him, so Formiga only lost his head, yeah. Formiga's beaten. Uh, Figueredo, that's interesting, mm. but uh, that was 2000, end of 2000 or middle of 2019. Um, since then, you know, he's been on a, a tear, and I think I agree with you. Like, um, we watched the 
uh, which one was it? It must have been. I was looking. I'm sure I watched him versus Pantoja, um, and he beat him via a decision. He looked good. That was mm. the end of 2019, and then we've watched him twice this year, in February and July, uh, where he right. beat ben- Benavides uh, twice, and he just looked another level, didn't he? Even to someone yeah. like Benavides, who's no mug. So, yeah, be uh, looking forward to it, mate. It's going to be really interesting. Yes, yeah, so it's good. Good fights. Good card all around, and uh, Shevchenko's younger sister's fighting on the prelims. Um, which will be that'll be interesting just to see how you know how she is, how she gets on. I've not seen her fight yeah. before. She's got a tough fight though. She's fighting Ariane Lipsky, um, right. who's you know a Brazilian. She's got a thirteen and five record. She's um, got a you know she got a fifty five percent win ratio. Like she's not uh, yeah. She's and her sister, much. she ain't, she ain't had many fights, has she? Uh, How so many shared? She's eight and two as professional. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's as many. I don't know if she's fought many times in the UFC or if that's her UFC record. Let's have a quick, have a quick, quick look. Right. So yeah, she lost, curious. Lost to uh, Caitlin Chikagian last time out via decision, and before that she beat uh, Pudelova in 2019. So she's only had three. Oh, let's look. Uh, oh, there you go. So she beat Pudelova in 2019, August. In April of 2019, she lost to uh, Moda Ferry. So she has lost a couple, but she beat Kim before that via decision. So she's been mm. in UFC. She's one, two, she's three and two. So she's had a, an up and down little run. Yeah. Um, she's not like younger sister, like youngest, you know, just coming up. She's ranked 15. She's, yeah. she's got a fair, you know, she's had 10 professional fights, but mm. not loads, is it? Not loads, but, you know, it's enough to definitely forge your direction so, on how you go about each fight when you, you're, you're approaching them. So she should have enough, enough there to know the ways to win against any given opponent. Spot on, mate. Um, and that's us mm. for today. No guests yep. means it's shorter, but that's uh, you know, that's okay. Always, yeah, uh, always nice. So, uh, next week we'll have UFC 255. Sure, we'll have some sort of guest with us. Um, yeah, but in the meantime, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, Ace Podcast Nation, youtube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation. Uh, follow the show at Danny Button FS on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, you can download the audio versions of the various podcast and radio platforms but uh, we'll be back next week for another roundup of the mma news and results until then bid you farewell cheers mate yeah thanks so and thanks everyone for listening
Social Podcast Network.